0: Hello. Today on How to Be a Human Being, we're talking grief with Nikki. Nikki is a death doula and grief coach working with clients across the U.S. We had an excellent conversation about the tools you can use when grieving a loss. Nikki can be contacted at www.nickithedeathdoula.com and you can follow her podcast, Good Grief, for more great advice on grieving. Let's get to the episode.
1: I'm Nikki. I am an end-of-life doula and a grief coach based out of Columbus, Ohio. Cool. Nikki,
0: thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I've been really excited to have you Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah, I'm happy to be here.
0: A death doula and a grief coach. Those are some things that people may not know exist. Can you kind of give us a background? How did you get into the industry of grief coaching and being a death doula? What inspired you to do
1: that? Sure. I've always been very passionate about working with the dying and with the bereaved. And like a lot of other people, especially people in this industry, I have suffered, you know, some of my own losses. In the journey to try to process and learn how to navigate my own grief, I learned so much that I didn't know about grief and grieving. And I was just so. Excited about it and so passionate, and thinking if everybody understood these things, like these basic concepts and working with grief, the world might be a little bit happier place. Unfortunately, grief is one of those things that's stigmatized, much like mental illness, and nobody's talking about it.
0: It's something that I was so excited. um, I put out there on the internet that I'm looking for someone to teach us how to grieve. And Nikki reached out, and I was like, this is the last thing that I was expecting. Is The first person to reach out was, was the one that I really wanted to talk to.
1: Yeah.
0: What kind of education would, would one get to kind of be a grief coach? Is there like a school you can go to, or is it just life
1: experience? A little column A, little column B. I mean, you don't have to have the life experience, but I feel like once you've, I mean, it's like anything in life, once you've experienced it, you understand it a little bit better and you can see it from a different perspective so it's easier to be more empathetic with people if if you understand what grieving is now you know everybody grieves differently and every grief is different um but as far as like education there is no overarching formal certification for a grief coach right now like nothing like um, life coaching there are several programs out there that do teach classes that give you you know a certificate for your Your participation in the class and they are anywhere from you know six weeks to six months depending on how in-depth you go i got my certification through the institute for life coaching when
0: we have a loss in life that we need to grieve a lot of us were never taught how to start the process how to finish the process what what's involved in the process so if you wouldn't mind kind of walk us through how someone grieves
1: Sure. In a way, you can almost look at it like a a 12-step program. (laughs) I always say start with the first step, right? And that's you have to acknowledge the grief is there. I think a big hurdle people have to overcome is just recognizing the grief and accepting it and then moving forward with it. Also understanding that you are never going to get over your grief. It's going to be there. It's not something, it's not like a cold or flu that you work on and get over. It's it's something that you just have to learn to live with. Yeah. So step one is just accepting the grief and moving forward from there.
0: And when you're working with people who are who are grieving,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is it is there like a common timeline that it takes people to accept that grief and understand that it's not going to
1: go away? No every like i said earlier every single grief is different and every person is different one of the things i always tell either clients or i mention i have a you know podcast on grief every single episode i'm saying there's no timeline for grief there's no schedule so some people will accept it right away some people might take years some people might might not even recognize what they're dealing with is grief because grief isn't always just death loss it's not always somebody died and i'm sad grief is everywhere grief is in everything any loss loss of a job loss of financial security loss of a home due to a fire or flood there I I've talked before with people who had like a flood or natural disaster that took away every, literally everything they had and processing that that's grieving you're grieving the life that you had with this home or these things and they're gone now
0: yeah another thing that I was going to ask you about a little bit later in the show, actually, was grieving about a a loss of a relationship with someone you Mm -hmm. love. Yeah, Um, not necessarily a death. But you know, a boyfriend and girlfriend, they they break up. Um, I know that's a place that a lot of people struggle with. So after acknowledging that, you know, maybe that breakups there or that we've lost a big piece of ourselves. What what's the next step?
1: You have to accept it first and recognize that, you know, this relationship where this is this is done and discovering yourself as a new person, especially if it was a really long-term relationship. Say if it's it was a marriage or even a non-marriage, a relationship that went on for, you know, 20 some years and that person is not in your life anymore for whatever reason, you're going to be a different person. You were a different person with them and now you're without them. So trying to find yourself in all of this and find your new self and learn to accept and love that new self is huge. And that's, again, it's one of those processes. It can take a couple of weeks or it could take a few years. Some people never get there, but trying to find who you are without that person and your new self is such a huge step.
0: I definitely have experienced this in my own life that I've gone through some hard things. And through that, I've become a better person. My grief about those times in my life has feels like it's passed. So kind of between step one and step two, I guess, acknowledging that it's there and understanding it doesn't go away. Being step one and step two is kind of finding your new self. What are some tools you use with your clients to help them go from that acknowledging stage to I don't want to say getting over it. That seems insensitive. right?
1: Yeah. Cause you never get over your grief. It's always there.
0: <laughs> um, moving to that, that new self. What are some in-between steps?
1: I, I try to caution away from using the term steps. Although I, I said at the beginning, it's like a 12 step program, but grief is, like I said, it's different for everybody. So I don't want anybody to ever have the impression that like, all right, I just go through these steps and I'm going to be better. <laughs> so there are, there is a process to, to grief and to grieving And from, you know, moving from point A to point B, it's it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but there are a lot of ways you can try to discover who your new self is. You know, I always recommend spend some time alone for people. It's And that's hard because sometimes folks need interaction with other people to help process their grief. They need to talk to people, but you need to really spend time alone with yourself to really see who this new person is. Journaling is always a one of those cliche things a lot of therapists say, but it's huge. Journaling is really big. I like to have people write letters instead of just straight up journaling because journaling can be intimidating for, for some people to just say, you know, here's my thoughts. Here's my feelings. Here's what I did today. But if you write letters, not necessarily to somebody you've lost, but to yourself, even like, Hey, Nikki, things are really bad right now, but you, you have a new path in front of You, you, have this new exciting venture in your life. What is, what are something you've forgotten about in your previous life to now that you can start focusing on again? What are some things you're passionate about that you can start bringing in back into your life that you maybe didn't have time for before? So just really spending some time with self-reflection. I know I personally do that better alone. Not everybody does, but it's hard to get to know yourself when you're always using other people to see yourself.
0: What I kind of hear you saying is, journaling is a really good place to start it may not be for everybody
1: it is not for everybody some people use things like painting uh, other types of art therapy you know there's music some people love music either writing it or just listening to it
0: you said self-reflection a little bit earlier and I kind of added a little bit in my notes here of it's kind of a curiosity and a self-reflection at the same time of where can I go from here I did want to touch on the journaling thing because one of the things that I was taught, I don't remember who who taught me this. They told me to write a thank you letter to my experience and thank it for everything it had taught me. Is that something you've seen or heard has worked well for clients?
1: I have seen that before. I've never utilized it myself, but I do suggest people practice gratitude. And that's another one of those things gets thrown a lot thrown around a lot and can seem a little cliche, but it really can change your mindset to focus on things that you're grateful for. As I said, you don't get over your grief, you learn to live with it, but you also learn to live around it. And your grief shapes who you are as a person. And sometimes those griefs can bring about amazing things. Like I never would have thought I would be an end of life doula or a grief coach and help other people with their journey through bereavement and through death and end of life processes. I never would, thought I would have done that, but having experienced it myself, like this is what came of it. And now I have this, this new path in life and I'm, I'm helping lots of people with this.
0: Oh man, I'm sure you are just those little wisdom bombs you just dropped that you just so like casually said that you have to learn to live around it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your grief shapes who you are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Those are those like two things that you just said so casually. And I'm just like, whoa, I'm feeling (laughs) that there's power in that statement. There's experience there.
1: There's a a graphic I've seen, a a great visual representation, which I know this is a podcast, but picture this (laughs) of what people think grief is or how you get past grief or what happens with grief. And there's a jar with a ball in it. And it's the same jar and the ball just keeps getting smaller and smaller. But then the image under it says, this is what really happens with grief. And the ball stays the same size, but the jar gets bigger. Your grief's always going to be there. It's not going to, it'll change. It won't be as painful down the road as it is when it's brand new, but it's always there. It's always going to exist, but you grow around it and your life becomes bigger. And that grief is just a smaller part of it after time.
0: That is a beautiful representation of really life in general.
1: I don't know who drew or who like made that originally, because I've seen so many different versions of that. But I can't think of a better representation for that. I've, I've seen something similar where it's a box with a ball in it. And everybody just assumes, you know, the, the ball gets smaller and disappears. But no, the box just gets bigger.
0: That is really beautiful, because it can be related back to a lot of things in our lives that don't even deal with grief, but just who we were in the past, maybe as a, as a teenager, you know, we left that that part of ourselves in the same box we're still in that box but as we continue to learn and grow our surroundings get bigger and that box keeps growing with us
1: yes absolutely
0: man that is awesome another question i had for you is what is a death doula i i was very unfamiliar with the term before i met you
1: yeah a lot of people are so a death doula or an end of life doula if you prefer my short simple one sentence phrases i provide spiritual and emotional support to the dying and to their loved ones while processing life meaning there's so much an end-of-life doula can do i've worked with people who are my age that just want to put their advanced directives together like your power of attorney final will living will, things like that i've worked with folks that have just received a terminal or a, a yeah sorry a terminal diagnosis and they're trying to process themselves first before they can process what's going to happen to my family But it's also a matter of being a liaison between the family, the dying person and hospice or their care team, their palliative care team, just to have an impartial party to kind of be there to guide them in the right direction, let them know what steps need to happen next. There's so many programs and options out there that nobody knows about. You just know what you see on TV or what you hear in the news. And you don't have to sit in a hospital if you're dying. You can be at home. There are programs available to help you through that. Just helping navigate all of the ins and outs of end of life work. Like, because if you've never experienced it, if you've never dealt with somebody who's dying before, it's it's scary and it's confusing. There's emotion involved because somebody's dying. And that's obviously an emotional part of your life. But to try to make decisions when you're scared is impossible. I have some beefs with funeral homes cuz they'll take advantage of people who are grieving cuz they're emotional. They don't they don't fully understand all their options right now and they're just doing what they're told. So to have somebody to be a rational third party to step back and say, you know, here's what this means, here's what this is. Let's make an informed correct decision as to what you want to do. I can help people process their life review as far as, you know, do you feel like you had an impact in this world and what were your high points? What can we leave behind for your family? If they want to put together a video or a photo album or you know some kind of special project, a quilt, I can help them work on that so they have a physical item. But just making sure that nobody leaves this world thinking they didn't mean anything to anybody is huge. It's huge for me. It's just sitting by somebody's side while they're actively dying so they're not alone if they may not have family members.
0: Man, I can only imagine how hard that might be for a person to, to pass away without anybody next to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've all heard horror stories during COVID of people dying in hallways on gurneys with nobody. And I hate that. I can't bear the thought of anybody being alone in a room, thinking their life is pointless, they're worthless and they're alone. And that's how they leave this world. I, I can't bear that.
0: It's truly heartbreaking. Someone definitely needs to do that work. And I'm glad that you have taken that upon yourself to do that. I do have another question for you. What might be the thing you've recommended the most to people? Whether that be like a resource or a journaling exercise or a starting point?
1: I can't think of any one particular everything. Almost every person I've worked with has been different and has had different needs. But I mean as far as like resources hospice is huge and so many people don't know what it is or may may have heard it but don't think it's right for them or are scared of like is this going to cost me too much money and it likely won't cost you anything. Just educating people on that has been huge but as far as like processing a grief or whether it's your you know your own imminent demise or the you know the loss of somebody else just the biggest thing i say to everybody is take your time don't try to rush through your grief and this is going to be with you for the rest of your life which is not the first thing you want to say to people because that's not what anybody wants to hear is oh great i'm going to feel like this the rest of my life but just helping people recognize that this grief is there and it's grief is love you know and if it wasn't if you didn't love that person why would you be grieving so just accept that embrace it
0: grief is love that is another beautiful statement you're just dropping all sorts of of wisdom over here. Let's go back and touch on that hospice piece for a minute. For those, you know, most of my audience is a younger audience. um, What is hospice?
1: So hospice is, there are organizations all over the country. They provide social workers, nurses, aides, pretty much all the physical medical care you will need for the last few months of your life. Typically, in order to be eligible for hospice, you have to have a diagnosis of six months or less in your life. Expectancy, not always. Some people come in and out of hospice. Hospice isn't always like you're there and you die. Some people have a remission and they go out of hospice for all and come back in. And there are in-home hospice and there are hospice centers. There's a few in Columbus here where I live that are inpatient facilities where people can physically go at the end of their life and just be there if they don't have family or caregivers to take care of them. Most times they come to your home. They'll they'll bring out all the equipment you need. Do you need a hospital bed? Do you need bedside commode? Do you need all the medications you need? They'll just bring it all out to your house for you so that you have it right there. They also have social workers that will come out and say, you know, give you options on, do you need food? Do you need a therapist? Does your family need a therapist and they can help you find other programs or organizations that you're eligible
0: so it sounds like hospice is a wonderful resource
1: it is an amazing resource
0: can kind of give you almost everything all the tools you would need to start
1: yes absolutely and like i said uh, most people end up using hospice in their own home not everybody has that option though especially if they live alone because you have to have a caregiver they do, there are hospices that will give you twenty four hour nursing, so you will have a nurse at your at your side twenty four hours a day. But yeah, most times, especially if you're if you receive Medicare, that covers it. I can't say I can't guarantee it covers it one hundred percent. And every hospice is different. Some are for profit, some are not for profit. Some are going to charge extra for stuff, some won't. But most good hospices will take insurance.
0: That is excellent to know. I hope I don't have to deal with that (laughs) anytime soon.
1: I hope you don't either. But for when the time comes or if you have a family member, like typically you have to have a doctor refer you. But if you have, you know, all the diagnosis paperwork, they can send in their own doctors to look at it. So, so, you know,
0: at what point does someone need to maybe go see a licensed therapist if they're grieving and they just can't get out of the rut?
1: i will i've had to refer people to therapists in the past i can't help coaches if you think of like a life coach they help take you from where you are now to where you want to be we don't look at where you've been necessarily with therapy they'll look at where you've been and what might have brought you to this point to help you push up to the next point so if i have a client who is grieving but there's trauma involved with that i can't help work through the trauma i mean previous trauma that has led up to this, or that is impacting how you're dealing with your grief, I'm going to have to refer you to a therapist for that. If there are, if you become suicidal, unfortunately that happens as well. That needs a little bit deeper work than I can do. If it gets too complicated, if there's mental illness involved with it as well, obviously so I'm not a licensed therapist. I can't, I can't diagnose mental illness and I can't really treat that. Either. Um, I can't, prescribed drugs. So if somebody really wants an antidepressant, they're going to have to go to somebody else for that as well.
0: That is about the same answer I give to people when they say, well, what can you do? I say, well, we're going to take you from exactly where you are to exactly where you want to be.
1: Yep. You tell me where you want to be. Let's look at where you are. We'll fill in the blanks to get you there.
0: I too have had to refer out to the therapists, but it is really cool that we have the opportunity to help people move forward, that they don't have to have a licensed therapist with them all the time.
1: And I feel like there's, I've been speaking with some other grief coaches that I know of that started doing this because they were trying to help a friend. They were like, how do I help my friend get past this grief? Because they couldn't find a therapist. Finding a therapist is like finding a doctor. Sometimes you're on a wait list for like three months and I don't know about where you are, but where I am, like, I've been hearing lots of times people saying, I can't get in anywhere. Nobody's taking new patients. Or if they are, there's like a six month wait list. I want help now. I've talked to a couple of people. That's why they started doing grief coaching. They're like, people need help right now, especially with grief. They're grieving now. <laughs> I don't, making them wait six months is just going to compound the problem.
0: Anyways, the work we do is awesome. Especially the work you do. Um, you. Are you currently taking new clients? I'm assuming um, the answer is going to be a Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely taking new clients. And I'm able to, with coaching, obviously, as you know, I'm able to do it remotely so I can work with people all over the country. My website is nikki dot com and it's spelled N I K K I. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well as at Nikki the death doula. If you are interested in my podcast, which is all about grief and demystifying, destigmatizing grief and how to work through it, my podcast is called Good Grief with Nikki the death doula.
0: Thanks again to Nikki for all the great advice on grieving. And thanks to the sponsor of this podcast, Level 10 Life Coach. To learn more about their 15-day digital detox, visit level10lifecoach.com. The biggest thanks goes out to our listeners. Thanks for joining the journey and learning how to be a human being.